welcome to Lunch and Unlearn. In today's episode, Bree and I discuss how we can overcome fear by launching a new series called Love and Other Good News. We will also share with you our featured follow dedicated to filling your feed with more good news. And finally, we will leave you with a challenge for the week ahead. Let's grab some lunch and get ready to unlearn together. In the midst of a pandemic, a black revolution and a white awakening are happening. Diversity, equity, and inclusion educators Brianna Clover and Dr. Jessica Petty create brave spaces for candid conversations on race equity, focusing specifically on its intersection with ableism, sexism, sexual orientation, and gender identity, all from the unique perspective of a black woman and a white woman. I'm Dr. Jessica Petty. And I'm Brianna Clover. Today, Brie and I are excited to launch a brand new series we're calling Love and Other Good News. We believe in brave conversations and we value history and education and its impact to broaden our understanding of justice. We also believe that there is one thing that can overcome oppression, hate, and fear. Love, love, love. (laughs) Yes, Jess. And I love the idea of us dedicating an entire series to the power of love to heal, to restore dignity, to change hearts, and to ultimately change the world. That's good stuff. Yes. I feel like we should almost like break out in a song or something. Um, Although I don't think you want me to do that. Uh, (laughs) While I may live in Music City, the music does not live in me. Okay, so no singing because I guarantee we will lose the few dedicated followers we have if I start singing on here as well. So Okay, all right, we'll stick to what we're good at. (laughs) So instead of singing, maybe we'll start with some science. Um, I think that's definitely more our speed. Yeah. So when we think about um, this idea and we look at research, basically the analysis of people reveals that we're essentially driven by two primal feelings, and those are love and fear. And fear over time, traditionally, is the thing that has helped us to survive. But love, love is what helps us thrive. Love is what helps us thrive. I feel like that needs to be a post-it note or maybe even a a framed (laughs) quote on my office wall. I love that. And this also reminds me of our shared commitment to brave conversations. And we intentionally use brave instead of safe. And there's reasons for that. They say bravery is not the lack of fear, but instead it's the ability to take action in spite of it. And I know for me, overcoming fear can only happen when I am intentional about loving others. And I'd love to expand a minute even more on what inspired me to start using brave language instead of safe language. And it actually comes from a poem that I read a few years ago called Invitation to Brave Space. And it was written by Mickey Scott Bay Jones. So for the sake of time, I won't read the entire poem now, but I'd love to share just a couple of the lines from her poem that are ingrained in my mind. Awesome. We amplify voices that fight to be heard elsewhere. We call each other to more truth and love. That's so great. More truth and love. (laughs) Yes. All of that. More of that. Yes, (laughs) please. So let's think about how love is showing up in our lives right now. Obviously, we are living through a global pandemic and it's, it's a scary time. And I know that I've had many moments of fear, especially fear of the unknown, But it's also really brought some amazing moments of peace for me and Mm. maybe some unlearning of things that 
I thought were important or necessary or that I couldn't do without that I've really realized not only can I do without them, I might actually be kind of happier without them. Hmm. So it's really, for me, it's sort of this thing where, yes, it's scary and yes, it's very tragic and lots of people have suffered and I don't want to diminish that. But it's also been a time of reflection and a a time just to be less busy. Mm -hmm. And for me, being less busy is hard. (laughs) I am just wired to constantly be doing things. And the slowness of, of this time has really, at first was very challenging. And now is really something that I've welcomed. I left my job um, when I turned 40, I was in my 40th year and I took a one year sabbatical. And I remember struggling with this a little bit during that time too. And it was this idea around just letting boredom happen. Yeah. But what happened for me during that time, and this has been an important reminder is that creativity started to creep in when I just allowed space for thinking and reflection. And I didn't have an agenda or a to-do list. And it was, I think, one of the most powerful things about that time. But it sounds so weird because people are like, oh, what are you doing on your sabbatical? And I'm like, well, the best thing I'm doing is nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Yeah. (laughs) And this time has really reminded me of that. Um, I think that for me too, working in the nonprofit space, the amount of altruism that I've seen during this time and how people have come together has mm-hmm. really just been, especially in the midst of such a, a heavy time, that's really been a, a bright light for me. And because the nonprofit work I do is um, with dogs, service dogs specifically in training, I can't, I, I, I don't think we'll ever be able to understand how happy this time has probably made all the dogs in our lives. <laughs> So because true. All, their, all their humans are home and yeah. they're so happy. <laughs> so I think that's also another thing, you know, to remember like how happy this has made our four-legged friends um, and and the good that, that they probably have experienced from this. So even in the scary, I think there's good. And even the other way around, how much maybe we don't even realize right now, but being around our animals Right. If we're, especially for animal people, you know, like I get energy from the innocence and the playfulness and the craziness of, <laughs> of our dog Zoe. So I never thought about it that, but that's sweet. Yeah. And, um, I, as one, I can totally relate as one who consistently needs to practice slowing down myself. <laughs> uh, and, and I actually remember when we had that for one of our first earlier conversations and you had shared with me about your sabbatical, mm-hmm. just hearing the, I don't even know what I would call it, but just maybe it's confidence or maybe it's contentment or I don't know what it was, but just hearing you describe that gave me energy and I was like, okay, wow, you know, like maybe I don't have to be so busy. And I think you still try to remind me of that sometimes. <laughs> Which I remind myself too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, okay, slow down one thing at a time. Yeah. Um, but every year I go through an annual reflection process. And I call it my annual reflect and grow. I don't really like the um, new year resolution thing, right. but just a reflection of, you know, how the year's gone and how I you know, dream and envision the next year. And my word of the year this year was joy. Hmm. And I don't know where I got this. I'm sure I didn't make it up myself, but that joy is an act of resistance. And that joy is my resistance. 
And I feel like in a year of so much loss globally, but also in my circle of family and friends, I find myself being very protective of my joy Mm -hmm. and getting comfortable with that protection of my joy can happen at the same time as I stay woke. That's what I like to call Mm -hmm. it. You know, that they can happen at the same time that I'm very aware of the suffering of this world and the country, which has been in, in, in many ways over time since its inception, to be honest, but that there's, there's joy and gratitude and, and hope in the midst of that. And I, I follow this one Instagram, um, nap ministry. It might be familiar to some of our listeners. And I loved, I came across a recent quote on their Instagram page that said this cry and fight narrative is not what we were created for. Rest is my protest. My hope is never ending. And I just love that. That was just, that brought me joy. And it also brought me a little bit of validation. I love that. And I love that you have a word of the year. That's so great. (laughs) I'll have to explore that more as we get to the, towards the end of the year and start thinking through what that can look like. So I think another great area for me personally of love, and I would say amazing, a feeling of amazing sisterhood that has developed this year for me is, is our partnership. Mm-hmm. I mean, I honestly never thought I'd be doing a podcast. I have a long list of crazy things I want to do, Brie, like you would be like, lady, how long are you planning to live? Podcasting <laughs> was never on there. <laughs> but our conversations that we were having about race and gender equality and sabbaticals and all those things that started even before COVID, mm-hmm it really sparked something inside of me. And I knew I needed to chase that. And I think too, I mean, this might be a small thing, but I think it was a moment of like, I see you. Mm -hmm. Um, I think our shared Enneagram one status and that we're both (laughs) so motivated to stand up for justice. I think it just made me feel instantly comfortable with you. And I wanted to keep that going. And so it was like, okay, well, if a podcast creates a space for us to be able to keep doing this, then, okay, it's not on the list, but let's do it. (laughs) Yes, totally agree. And thanks for sharing that. Um, I think it's relationships like ours that really keep me hopeful. And without sounding too corny, I really do have tremendous gratitude for our friendship. And I, and I feel like part of that's because at its inception, it was rooted in authentic conversation. And I can't say that I have many friendships that get to the heart of the matter so quickly. You know, like our, I feel like our, our yeah. friendship and our partnership started off by race and gender equity is always on the table. Right. And if I really stop to think about it, despite the many, many things going on in our country right now that make me want to scream, there's so much love that has happened. And Part of that love, and I just feel the need to say it right now, is like love for my country. Mm-hmm. And I think oftentimes when we when we see the protests, for instance, displayed on the news, it's hard to remember that as love. And actually, I do have this framed on my wall. James Baldwin, I think he's so quotable. But in one of his quotes, he says, I love America more than any other country in the world. And exactly for this reason, I insist on the right to criticize her perpetually. And I found that when I stay true to that mission and that purpose, beautiful things come out of that. And every single small act of beauty and love is something that I cherish. For instance, I've had conversations with friends and acquaintances that I never would have had a year ago. 
And I don't even think our, maybe our relationship and partnership wouldn't have happened the way it did. Mm-hmm. And for all of that, I'm thankful. When I look outside of my circle, there's some good news also. And as a direct result of increased awareness of BIPOC, but just also those groups that often are put in the margins. Mm-hmm. And so I'd love to share a couple of them if we yeah. have some time. That'd be great. One, I found that I did not know this. I looked this one up, that 59 Confederate symbols have been removed since George Floyd's death. And that's compared to only 16 in 2019, according to the Southern Poverty Law Center. Hmm. Another one is the Louisville Metro Council passed a ban on no-knock raids, like the one that was used to break into Breonna Taylor's home and kill her. Another one is, can we just celebrate that Kamala Harris is the first Black woman and first Indian American to be the vice presidential nominee in the U.S.? history. (laughs) And at the same time, let's demand more of that. Hello. Another one is the University of Maryland renamed its women's studies department after Harriet Tubman. And it's the only department in the nation that offers a black women's studies minor. I didn't know that. Yeah. Interesting. Crazy, huh? Yeah. Uh, Two more I've got here. The number of same-sex marriages in the U.S. has increased by nearly 70% since 2014. And just this year, in the last few months alone, anti-racism books are climbing bestseller lists as thousands are committing to educating themselves about racism. That's so great. I popped Um, into a bookstore last week, I think, and I haven't been inside of one since COVID hit. And I was so happy to see how many books there were that were like in the front that were dedicated to anti-racism. And even beyond that, like when I was looking at the fiction section, I felt like there were many more authors who were people of color that were being highlighted as well. I do. I agree with you. I think there's some really positive things that we're, we're seeing as a result of this sort of cry. Yeah. <laughs> if, I mean, maybe, maybe that's too, um, too strong of a word, but it's almost just like this outcry for justice and learning and bringing things into the light. And for all of that, I think that that is, that is good news. Completely agree. And because we love to talk about language, I've personally been thinking about how I can use more words that are rooted in positivity, love, and appreciation. And just have some more intentionality behind that. Yeah. I, I also think the thought of appreciation is so important. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm glad you specifically said that. And I've read something recently that was talking about this. And I've really sort of been marinating on it because I don't know if I incorporate enough appreciation, honestly, into my life. And basically, the statement was appreciation is the highest, purest form of love. Mm. And it went on to explain that, you know, truly what appreciation is, is it asks for nothing and it gives everything. And that by entering into a state of appreciation, whether you're, you know, looking at a sunset or if you're thinking about the love you feel for a family member or friend, that newsreel that so many of us have running through our heads that's driven by fear, it stops when we're in a state of appreciation and it allows grace mm-hmm. and similar to, to what we talked about earlier with boredom, you know, those moments of appreciation also have been proven to allow creativity to flow in our brains. It actually slows our heart rates and it can give us a really, you know, a sense of 
calmness. And this active appreciation sort of synchronizes things between our brains, our hearts, and even our endocrine system, which is kind of crazy. Yeah. And it, it really adds to feelings of harmony, which can be healing. Um, and particularly for times like these where we are potentially overwhelmed by fear and dread. So I love that thought of appreciation. I guess it's almost, it's similar to gratitude, but I'm trying to be more aware in my daily activities. Am I appreciating all the good that there is in the world? Yes. And (laughs) if any year is a year to be overwhelmed by fear, this is the year. Hello, (laughs) pandemic, racial oppression, political discord, all rolled into one. So maybe I love how you said that, Jess, and maybe we do need to embrace love And I'm excited about devoting this series to finding moments of appreciation and gratitude. So important. Yeah, Yeah, I'm excited too. There truly is so much good news in the midst of the bad. And there's so many people that are doing good work who are showing kindness and leadership in their own brave conversations that I think spending some time together, practicing appreciation Mm -hmm. is time well spent. So. I would love in the next few episodes to really think about like, who are the people in our communities? Who are the nonprofits? Who are the volunteer organizations, the leaders, the countries even, and especially just ordinary people who are doing great works and who deserve our appreciation. All right. Well, I'm going to start us off by saying, I appreciate you sharing this brave space with me today. (laughs) Likewise, Jess. We are learning so much from others that in each episode, we want to feature a thought leader or resource that is impactful to us. This week's featured follow is Good, Good, Good. They're a media news company dedicated to helping their followers feel more hopeful and do more good. You can follow them on Instagram at Good, Good, Good Co. After listening to this episode, whether on your own or with your work teams, family, or friends, we'd like to leave you with a challenge. Imagine you are having a conversation with a child who is overwhelmed by the events of the world today. You can pick the age that is most comfortable for you, elementary to college age. How would you respond to these two questions? Why is this happening? And I'm just one person. What can I do to change the things that concern me? As we embark on this journey of unlearning, we are so thankful that you're here. We are excited to continue unpacking this conversation around race equity and intersectionality together. Stay connected with us. Visit our website at lunchandunlearn.com and subscribe to our newsletter. You can also follow us on Instagram at lunchandunlearn and Facebook at lunchandunlearn. We hope you'll grab lunch with us again and join us for more brave conversations next time.